this week's podcast promises to be out of this world. You will be over the moon as we discuss 10 songs about outer space. So fuel up your rocket, Rocket Man, as we boldly take you where no rock and roller has ever gone before. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Five by five. We are five by five, Niner. Looking out the right side today, you can see uh, sunny Philadelphia as we cruise at an altitude of 37 feet. <laughs> All right, it's a Luthini Rock and Roll Circus. Enough of this shenanigans. <clears throat> I get playing with these sound effects, right? Oh my God. Oh, no. Perfect, perfect sound effect. Oh, no. For songs about oh. space. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a good effect. Find right the Muppets there. from Space thing. Yeah. Pigs in it's space. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, uh, so how's everybody doing? Welcome back. It is 2022. Oh, my God. Thank God. And we're uh, ready to rock and roll for y'all. Uh, we have some fun stuff coming up this year as things open up. Um, there's definitely going to be some uh, Ludini Rock and Roll Circus live events Ooh. in association with uh, Lily V6 Productions as well. Nice. So we're going to do some fun stuff coming up. Um, sadly, we'll not be to some Alpine. <laughs> well, <yeah>. Probably not. <clears throat> but um, anyways, guys, so welcome back. Uh Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini, is here with you. Never fear, Ludini is here. We're going to have a good time. Uh, great rock and roll coming at you for 2022. In the studio tonight, we have uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh Kevin. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Great to see you, my brother, my brother. And speaking of my brother, who's not my brother, but my sister from another mister, uh, Miss Lily V6 from Rock Rage Radio. What's up? Mm. And this is 40. <laughs> Welcome to 40. 40 years ago this year, it was 40 years ago today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Feels like 39. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look a day over 39. Well, that's so good. There you go. <laughs> wow. Hey, got that going for you. I mean, there it is. <laughs> just saying. Well, guys. And girls. Children of all ages, right? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, it is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We got Lily. We have uh, Mr. Pittsburgh as well. Uh, the Hawk is uh, still trying to work a few things out, we so hopefully you. he's going to be back. We do miss the Hawk. We do miss the Hawk. It's never the same without the Hawk. Nope. Um, I reran a show for Rock Rage Radio last week. I reran one with Hal because he's always a oh, card. he's fun. Ah. So. Uh, Don't Look Up is the movie you were referring to on Netflix. Don't Look Up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So that is a thing right now. There's this movie, Don't Look Up, that's got a uh, some characters running around trying to convince people of uh, impending doom from outer space. So, and Keith had this idea about you know songs about outer space, and I don't know, like I don't know how many of mine are actually about outer space. That's okay. But mm-hmm. they've got something about outer space in the title or in the chorus sure, or something. Sure. So um, that is how I did mine. We're just chilling and having a good time. Uh, with you guys tonight. If anybody's watching, throw throw down a comment and uh, we'll be happy to acknowledge you. If you've got a song about outer space that you like or with a space kind of uh, title or something, throw it in. We'll gladly, you know, uh, toss it up for discussion. Yeah. We don't have a problem with that, do we? We do not. To the no. Okay, good, good, good. So, um, it is, uh, did everybody have a good holiday? Yes. Yes. I had like a three-day hangover. It was wonderful. Wow, that is so. <laughs> the hi- highlight of Lily's holiday was a three-day hangover. Yes. Wow. Uh, Pittsburgh, Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes. What was the highlight of your holiday? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, not getting arrested. That's Probably good. Probably is always a good one. You know. <laughs> working. Where? Yeah, that's just it. I was working <laughs> most of those days. My, the highlight of my holiday was. Uh, a uh, like a seven-hour trip to the emergency room 
<laughs> on December 24th. Wow. So that was exciting, to mm. say the least. And Not um, so much. Yeah. So <laughs> luckily, I'm uh, among the living. Yes. So. Because you are one of the living. <laughs> not the living dead, I hope. No, just no. Just the living. Uh, speaking of the living dead, um, we were we were talking about some of the movies we watched over the mm-hmm. the holiday season here, right and I, I watched uh, several. Um, saw Antlers. Not dead. Oh, ants. I know what that is. That was that was that was pretty good. I uh, I watched um, My Heart Can't Beat Until You Tell It To. That's outstanding. Wow. Outstanding movie. This uh, it's a it's a lesson in what you can do with like no budget, but like j- they they just sunk everything into gr- amazing performances by these three actors. Hmm. It's um, don't shy away from it because it's low budget. You should absolutely see it. Okay, it's really really well done. <clears throat> so um, also um, no one gets out alive. That's fantastic as well. That nice. What is that? What is that? Insane movie. I that might be an, on Netflix right now. Um, it's a horror film. Okay. Very. Uh, I know I've heard really, of it, but really, I really seen well it. done. Really interesting. Very different. Okay. Um, so those are just a few yeah, cool. that that I saw, and I was also telling everybody I, I saw a couple of old. I watched some old ones. Um, I'd seen. I, I rewatched Marathon Man with mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman and uh, t- uh, Three Days of the Condor. With Robert Redford, uh, movies really worth. Those, you know, those are the, the movies that you can rewatch. Mm-hmm. Right, you can just they're rewatch. So them. well like, written. Yeah, so, it's just like you know, returning to like a. It's like like listening to an album again. Yeah, right. like you know, right. it's, it's, those those kind of movies. <clears throat> um. So you know, I, I you know, if you've never if you haven't it's been a while since you see them, if you've seen them, you should uh, go seek them out and check them out. So um, we're talking about space, and Lily says for us not to get too in, nerdy. Don't get into don't, new, don't get don't, too nerdy. Kay. Don't do none of that space all talking. Right. <laughs> Ginger, all doing that space don't ever talking. Tell me not to do something because <laughs> you'll do it more. Yeah. Do it. I know. I know. I know. So this is just a kind of like a free form, free for all. Whatever happens, happens. Sure. We're just gonna have a little fun. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and start with Lily. <laughs> As always. Uh-huh. So it looks like I have the same first as you have the same there, which is Space Truckin' by Deep Purple. Oh. Uh, 1972 from the album Machine Head. Um, it's album and uh, the whole album and lyrics uh, talk of space travel. Takes the concept into the galaxy as lead singer Ian Gillen describes a wild ride through the solar system. Both songs are fueled by guitarist Richie Blackmore's power chords. Um, like many of the Deep Purple songs of the air, Space Truckin' started with a musical idea Richie Blackmore brought to the band. The riff he came up with came out of a finger exercise, shut up, he did based on the Batman <laughs> theme song. This is why I don't want to read any of this. The lyrics take us on a wild ride through space with references uh, to the, the Borealis Pony Trekker and the Canaveral Moonstop. And that is what I have for history on it. <laughs> um... Uh, Ian Gillen said it's not literal. Nothing in that song oh, is literal. No. <laughs> it's all a play on words. The studio version of the song runs in, uh, about 4.31, but when the band played it live, it went much longer sometimes, stretching to about 20 minutes. A performance from a show in Osaka, Osaka, excuse me, Osaka, Osaka. Right. Uh, takes uh, up all of side four on the 72 Deep Purple Double Disc live album made in Japan. I nice. remember, Lou, I remember that uh, show. It's a very wrong, very <laughs> wrong song. Took a good 20 minutes. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> okay, and we've just been canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what got us canceled. Right. When nobody's listening, you know. When we got like, when we got like, we got Chris Thunderwolf Dots and Michael Goltz. Uh, you know, listening. You know, Joe Freeman, Dom- Joe Freeman, Bill Damiano, oh. and uh, wait, I forgot. We're gonna we'll talk about Wolf uh, uh, Wolf's customs here in a second. Sorry, sorry, Chris. We just sort of <clears throat> got ahead of ourselves um, as we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the the this is on the album, the classic album, which we talked about uh, a few months ago, uh, Machine Head. This was one of those songs. It was recorded, it was recorded in the hotel. Plan was to use the Montreux Casino in Switzerland as, uh, as the studio um, to help capture their live sound. But the day after they got there, it burned down during a Frank Zappa concert. Thank you, Frank Zappa. We're ruining Deep Purple's <laughs> album. No, they, <laughs> nice. you know, 
Uh, they had to Jay. improvise, so they set up shop at the Grand Hotel where they were staying. Uh, the plan all along was to record it using the mobile unit owned by the Rolling Stones. So they ran cables to uh, into the hotel, played in the rooms and corridors. Under these adverse conditions, they worked quickly and didn't get too choosy. The resulting songs are a bit frayed at the edges, but uh, but any imperfections were overpowered by the energy they brought to the tracks. On this track, Deep Purple drummer Ian Pace gets a solo, which is sandwiched between Richie Blackmore guitar solos. So we crow, got to crowbar a drum solo in here. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that all that like uh, all the members were credited, correct? Right? Yeah, were credited on on this as songwriters. Uh, so yeah, um, space trucking got to go into space when astronaut Cap Calpine Capana. Chala. Took a copy of Machine Head <laughs> album on board the space shuttle Columbia. Um, <laughs> this is kind of unfortunate, though. Unfortunately, that space shuttle disintegrated before it landed back on Earth. Wait, which one was it? The Challenger? Columbia. The Columbia. The Columbia. Remember, two space shuttles blew up. Right. It was the Challenger and Columbia. Yes. Gotta get with them C words, NASA. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ace Freely. Released a uh, remake of Space Trucking in 2020. Uh, Freely's version sticks close to the original, but uh, what has a new about it was uh, the humorously bizarre animated music video, which portrays a campy 70s style a space opera about a Martian queen who keeps trying to abduct a teddy bear. Yeah. Called I, a space bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was yeah. nothing to say for that for me. So. That's right. That's oh. absolutely. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a um, it's a great uh, song, and it has uh, appeared in numerous movies and TV shows um, as well. So yeah, great song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, is there any uh, space I, songs I, I, you would I like do to talk one about? One or two, I have. Uh, the the one that when we first uh, proposed this topic was um, I'm sorry, Lily Rush. Oh, it's okay. Off the Signals album, um, <laughs> Countdown. Uh, and the story behind that is the members of uh, Rush were invited to watch a shuttle launch. Ah. Uh, Remember that? It yeah. wasn't a Columbia. Or I think it might have been the Endeavor. The Endeavor? The Endeavor, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, had it been the Columbia or the Challenger, that song would have been much different. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were so impressed with, uh, you know, just the, the, the spectacular sound and noise and uh, the visuals that they actually sat down and, and wrote the song. And I always, what I liked at the end of the song is they have the actual communication between the two, you know, the ground control in the in the shuttle, which, uh, so that that's mine there. Countdown. Um... The song was dedicated to astronauts John Young and Robert Creepin, all of NASA for their inspiration and cooperation. Uh, Alex Lifeson told Guitar Magazine in 1984, a song like Countdown has a bar of 4-4 followed by a bar of 11-8. Remember we talked about songs with mixed meter? Yeah, and I'm still confused. It's more of a feel than a conscious effort. The way we write, we have the lyric or idea of what the song is going to be. That idea sets a mood. By changing the time signature, you can change the whole effect of the song. I guess in that respect, we do go off into those changes without making a conscious effort, yet it does make the song more complex. That influence came from the British progressive movement and bands like Yes and Genesis. They had a big influence on us, I guess. You're always picking something that is around as an effect on the way uh, you—it's an effect on the way you hear the music. As long as you can hear those things and apply them, you're growing. A lot of times, bands lock into something and stay there, and that's the end. They make two or three records the same uh, of the same thing, and that's those happen to be their like you know most popular uh, records. So they just kind of stick with it because that's what works for them. So that's uh, Alex Lifeson kind of expanding a little bit on this mm-hmm. on that song. I also have a Rush song on my list, and there's actually several. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I was thinking about Countdown. But I wanted to talk about that, not that. Oh, this this is different. Oh, sorry. You're I'm different. using a different browser and my stuff's all jacked up. Cygnus X1. Yes, okay. And this is from A Farewell to Kings. 
which has I always love the album cover for this. Mm-hmm. It's really really interesting. It's like a lot of textures. I don't like no like I'm sure that's some piece of artwork. I have to look that up sometime. But um, Cygnus X1 is the name given to an X-ray source in the constellation of Cygnus, believed to be a black hole. Mm-hmm. Ooh. In Greek mythology, Rosinante is the name of the horse that Zeus rides. It was also the name of Steinbeck's motorhome in Travels with Charlie, as well as the name of Don Quixote's horse. This is a two-part song with part one appearing on A Farewell to Kings and part two appearing on Hemispheres. Hmm. Interesting. The two individual parts are only tenuously connected. Part one was split into these different sections. And I'm not going to read all the different sections. Getty Lee's unique vocals on the track resulted in part from experimentation with different microphones. Just a a little bit about Cygnus X1 by Rush. Uh, Double shot of Rush. If I would get the Rush out of the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks. And we know how much Lily was suffering. (laughs) I wasn't suffering. I just can't contribute to it. (laughs) Sorry. Can't or won't? Can't. I'm not knowledgeable enough of it other than it's a bore to me. I'm sorry to all the Rush fans out there. That's some space. space Let's take a break and let's say hello (laughs) to Wolf's Customs. Go to wolfscustoms.online. Check them out. You want to get a custom uh, paint job, custom <clears throat> artwork done on your musical instrument. Chris Underwolf Dots and a Wolf's Customs Dot Online is where you need to go. Also, shout out to Rock Rage Radio, rockrageradio.com. Download the app where you can hear great music content 24 7, including the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus and, of course, Hot Licks with Lily V6. <laughs> so, uh, all kind of cool stuff there. So, check that happy horse shit out. Our website. Oh is uh, LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com and LuLombardiMusic.com. All kind of freebies there and resources and things that you don't know about. So check it out. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program already in progress. Wow. <laughs> the <clears throat> next song I'm going to talk about is Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys. Oh, How beastly. From the album Hello Nasty from 1998. Oh, and I do love this album. <laughs> it's probably the only... Beastie Boys, I love. I'm sorry, I'm not just not into them. But their robotic sound inspired the lyrics uh, with mention of the planet Uranus, Be Quiet, and Mr. Spock's Vulcan Death Grip. This video is a play on the old Japanese flicks like Godzilla, where uh, Tokyo is destroyed by a large monster, which it is. It's a giant robot, like, attacking everybody in it. Scary. So it's like old movies of Godzilla uh, for the visuals, and, you know, the lyrics are all space-related. Um, it, uh, the video is actually filmed in Japan, uh, and the subways you see are from Tokyo. It won the 1999 MTV Video Music Award for Best Hip Hop Video. Ooh, cool. Uh, Sung incorporates Rachmaninoff's Prelude in C sharp minor. Uh, also samples Love is Blue by the Jazz Crusaders. All right. Well, word. How about that? The robotic <laughs> sound was created with a vocoder, which is uh, an electronic device originally created to encode speech. The funk musician Roger Troutman used the advice on a lot of his songs, which were later sampled by hip-hop artists. Cher processed her vocal on the 1998 Believe hit, uh, but that was done with an auto-tune software that came in the market in 97. The robotic sound inspired the lyrics, uh, which mentioned the planet your anus. I knew it was going <laughs> to... Uh, I did not want to say a bunch it. of Klingons. Okay, as Lily was telling us about what the song is about. Um, uh, the word drop uh, in the line, Beastie Boys known to let the beat drop comes from the Beastie Boys track, the new style from their License to Ill album. Mm. Uh, that's an album I'm a little bit more familiar with. Because yeah. Of, yes. uh, this uh, won a Grammy, as you said. We talked about the video. A uh, piece of classical music at the beginning of the song a Night on Bald Mountain by um, Modest Mazorski. Mazorski. It was edited out out of the out of the radio version, which is yes. what which is a common thing. There were um, and this, they've always done this. Uh, there, there was the single version, you know, mm-hmm. and then there was the radio album edit. version, you yeah. know. <laughs> And it wasn't always for naughty words. It was sometimes for stuff like this. There was some long intro or whatever, mm-hmm. and they just you know so you know. So time. they needed to fit it, fit it on the 45 yes. <laughs> single. So uh, stuff was edited out. Um, and there's been some notorious things. That would be a good podcast. Um, uh, uh, songs, uh, you know, that were uh, edited for radio. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's a good one. You know, I so, like it. Because like, yeah. there, there's some that were like kind of like, pe- like artists were pissed off. Like Led Zeppelin 
with whole lot of love. Uh-huh. They, they didn't want that. Section. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah. like Paradise by the Dashboard Light yep. is very mm-hmm. much edited for radio because yep. <laughs> it's eight minutes long. <laughs> I mean, even the um, uh, speaking of meatloaf, even um, I would do anything for love. Oh, the yeah. full version is like almost twelve minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. his songs were epic though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so that was a little bit of that there, uh, Beastie Boys. <laughs> yeah, boy, boys. OMG. Beastie. Beastly. Beast, the Beastly, the beastly Boys. boys. Uh, and Pittsburgh Kevin, do you have one? another one you want to talk about? Yeah, I got another one here. Uh, remember uh, Children of the... Jesus. Children of children the Sun. No, wow. Children of Jesus. Uh, children of the Sun, yeah. Who's that, Billy Thorpe? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a very cool song. I always liked the... <clears throat> the texture of the guitar in that. What was that? Was that a flanger? Was that um, some sort of compressor? If you no. remember, yes. No, you can tell us, Lou. I That's, can't tell Lou, me. I come to the source. If I tell told you, I have to kill you again. <laughs> again. Remember what happened last time? Again and again really and again. Resur- <laughs> you really had to resurrect me. <laughs> it was not. You pretty. said erect. No, I said resurrect. Res erect. Oh, I guess I did say erect. Uh, this is the Children of the Sun is the third studio album by Australian musician Billy Thorpe released in 1979 the album spawned the singles uh, Wrapped in the Chains of Your Love mm-hmm. Goddess of the Night Children yeah. of the Sun yes. and Simple Life the album peaked at number 44 on the Kent Music Report the album was Thorpe's debut album in the United States of, Amer- of America so you can mm. see somebody from, not from America wrote this <clears throat> in 87 the album was partially reissued as uh, Children of the Sun Revisited featuring five songs from Ridge plus three newly recorded tracks from a compilation. Um, Castbox Magazine said the album was an ambitious rock project saying uh, side one is a fairly uh, mainstream set of guitar rock numbers but side two is an imaginative fantasy-like concept work which depicts the massive transporting of human life on Earth to a new destiny in outer space. So out of all the songs we've mentioned so far this might be the most spacey. Oh, the most spacey. The most spaciest. <laughs> That's not a word. It yes, it is. It is now. <laughs> In the Ludini Dictionary. People of the earth, can you hear me? Hear my voice from the sky on the magical night. <laughs> that might be the sound effect. That might that might get pretty darn close. <laughs> Um, there was there was some, this is not a space song, yes. but kind of reminded me how they have they have that long intro in the beginning. Do you remember Fantasy by Aldo Nova? And yes. it's another one of those that has. Those. And you're like, oh, <laughs> when's the song gonna start? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, like again, there is a super long version of that intro. Oh, there's my. the one that you do hear sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think there's even versions now where they cut that out. But but there's a one that's even like, and it's really like. Really? Oh. Come on, let's start it. Let's you pick, can it, up. Get, let's pick it, it up. You can go get a bite to eat. And don't come back. It's still in there. You, know. you can have a sandwich. It's like, oh, don't it's... bore us. Take us to the chorus. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a good pick, yeah. uh, Mr. Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I, I think that was a favorite here in Pittsburgh. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Always that, on the rock. Yeah, station. I mean, they always, you know, and Michelle will play, put it on Ma- the line. Hey, Michelle, and... you didn't play that children's son for us. <laughs> For all the guys working down in Isley's. <laughs> oh my God. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> but anyways, uh, that's a, I think that's a cool one. Yeah. What do you think, Lily? I like that one. Do you Thank like you, that Lily. one? I do. Thanks, Lily. Okay, this is Lily likes it. Hey, Lily. Yeah. She likes it. <laughs> Shut up. It's not like Mikey. <laughs> Oh, mother hells and balls ass. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Okay, so here we go. This is a, a song that I freaking love. This yeah. Is like one of my favorite songs from the nineties. Okay. Absolutely, hands down. Sure. But I, a lot of people are kind of meh on it, but I think it's a great song. It is Space Lord, Mother Mother, by Oh, I know that one. Yeah. Monster Magnet. Hmm. Right. Um, right then. The s- right. <clears throat> right. <clears throat> right. Boy. The song was written as payback for some teasing that frontman Dave Windorf endured. He explained to Kerrang, I'd hurt my knee and had time off, so I spent it in a dominatrix's apartment in New Orleans. Our record company forwarded me press from Europe, 
and in Germany, they had called me Space Lord. She saw it and took the piss, saying, so, you think you're the Space Lord? I said, someday when I can walk, I'll make you pay for taunting me by writing a song about it. The, the line Space Lord Mother originally ended with the word, with the F word, oh. motherfucker. Oh, <clears throat> but my. was truncated and an echo added to make the song more radio friendly. Yeah. Psh. It Who should. They should have kept it in. It would have been they great. They should have. Yeah. They could have done one of those radio edit things mm-hmm. that they always do where they cut the word out. Uh, the music video directed by uh, Joseph Kahn was a direct spoof of the <laughs> clip for the rapper Massey's Cut Feels So Good. It was the first visual ever aired on MTV's Total Request Live on September 14, 1998. The song could be heard playing in the film Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby, starring Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. And Monster Magnet is still a band, and they're still putting out albums, and they're still touring. Well, that nice. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know. Yeah. Great band. Great band. Great band. I, 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 I have one question. Now, now he hurt his knee. Had to go live with the dominatrix. Well, what can I get if I hurt my elbow? Where, <clears throat> Let's put where, it this way. Where can I go? That's, I've, I read that story three times today. Yes, yes. Trying to fit. It makes no sense. Well, I makes no. It's like somebody, sure. whoever wrote that, and I got that from Song Facts. Whoever wrote that, I, I they might be tripping harder Rewrite than it. we are. <laughs> I mean, I that was like well, I, I, that, that paragraph didn't make any sense. I, guys, I know that you guys make a little fun out of me because I have a podcast and I trip over my words and say yeah. people's names. Yeah. But I read that verbatim. Wow. Yeah, you did a good job. <clears throat> I just and didn't know if there was a correlation was. between body part and where you get to convalesce. <laughs> right. I, I just think that uh, he probably swings that way. He likes that sort of thing. And that was his thing. Right, so. right. And there it is. God bless him. And boom goes the dynamite. Really hey, six. And we're going to take a break and play a song in a few minutes. But um, I'm going to pick one that I believe would be on Keith's list. Uh, this is one of the few things he and I agree on, which is OK Computer. But it's Subterranean Homesick Alien by Radiohead on OK Computer. Um, the lead singer Tom York stated the first essay I, essay I ever wrote in school was you're an you, stop it you're an alien from another planet you have landed and you are standing in the middle of Oxford and write an essay about what you see if you're an alien from another planet and that's where a lot of it came from another influence of the song was an experience York had when he was driving down a country road and he hit a pheasant after stepping out of the car to investigate he began thinking about alien abduction so he was very super into oh. space and aliens and that whole space. thing so. he was spacey he was and spacey aliens. But uh, Radiohead is one of the few bands Keith and I agree on, <laughs> especially uh-huh. OK Computer. So there you go. I chose it for both of us. <laughs> that's for you, good Keith. Good pick, of course. Of that's course, that's a good, good one, good pick there. Uh, what, do you have, what do you have there, uh, Mr. Pittsburgh? Jews in space. Oh boy. Jews no, in that's space. <laughs> that's uh, that's from the Mel Brooks. Yes, yes. <laughs> for for all of our Yiddish. And I'm fans. still waiting for History of the World Part Two. They're never doing it. Oh, <laughs> no waiting for he's, it. He's he's getting up there in years. I guess the jig is up and gone. I guess so. <laughs> oh, Mel, but he's 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 in his nineties. Yeah, we just lost he's Carl Reiner. Be. Very sad. And uh, Betty Betty White. Betty, I Betty White I'm too. I'm so upset about that. I know. Betty White died on on um, my fortieth birthday. She never <laughs> got to birthday. see 2022. Well, she didn't get to see 100, which would is in two weeks. <laughs> well, if she would have made it to 100, like George Burns used to say, if you make it to 100, that's great because not many people die after 100. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> couldn't couldn't quite get there. But it was a whole thing. thing. You see, kids, there was a comedian named George Burns, and he was very very old. I, I love him. Me. I know. <laughs> This song is uh, has a spacey title, uh-huh. but it doesn't really have anything to do with outer space. But no? I like the song, so I picked it. Okay, and that is supermassive black hole. No, I'm sorry, I'm thinking. Go By ahead. Muse. Yes. Muse. I know them. Muse. By Muse. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the song uh, Matt Bellamy sings about being annoyed with the fame that has increased with the band becoming more popular. <clears throat> Don't you just hate that? I, you know, that's one of those popular. things, man. I just get very, uh, I scratch my head at because it like Muse is an awesome band, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. like sure. awesome band. Yes, but I mean, you know, they're not Rolling Stones. No, no, you know, they're kind of fortunate. They should be kind of grateful that they have some fame. Oh, <laughs> song was used on the soundtrack of the 2008 movie Twilight. Stephanie Mayer Meyer. 
uh, who wrote the original novel, is a big fan of Muse, and after the song was placed on the movie soundtrack, the band's popularity jumped. Mm -hmm. In the tracks, two and a half years are released before the Twilight film debut. It had sold uh, just over 150,000 downloads. In the year after the film hit the screens, the track went sold to over 300,000. Muse's manager, uh, Cliff Bernstein, recalled to Billboard magazine, some time ago when the band was playing in Arizona, we invited Mayer to the show. Twilight director Catherine uh, Hardwick wanted to use Supermassive in a very uh, long scene with a lot of dialogue in the foreground. We thought, this is fun. This is a nice woman who writes these books. She's a fan of ours. Let's get involved with this. No one was really thinking at the time, this is a huge opportunity. <laughs> so they just weren't, they were just like, yeah. this sounds cool. Yeah, we like these books. This might be a fun thing to do. They weren't even thinking that like, <clears throat> this could put us on the map, so to speak. And it certainly anyways, did. Um, anyways, it's a very, very cool song. And if you haven't listened to it in a while, go back and uh, give it a check out. We're going to take a break right now. I want everybody to relax. Just breathe. Breathe deeply. <sighs> okay. And we're going to listen to a song, and then we're going to come back. Yeah. And we're going to continue Yeah. talking yeah. about Spacey songs. Kevin Spacey gonna, songs. Well, Kevin Spacey songs. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we're going to play the entire... Um, <laughs> what was the, the movie he did about uh, Bobby Darren? Love, Sea of Love, something like that. I can't oh, maybe. remember. Yeah. 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 yeah something like that. Anyways, guys, we'll be right back after this. Uh, hang out for a little bit. We're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Peace. 
That's my song, Peace in the Valley, featuring Keith the Hawk Hawkins on drums and um, the lovely and talented Katie Simone on background vocals with me. Uh, Katie's all over my album, Strange Love, as well. So if uh, you like that, you should check that out as well. You can get more information about all that stuff that I have going on uh, at lulombardimusic.com. And you can find out more about stuff as well at LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. So go to LudiniRockAndRollCircus.com. We are, I'm going to be releasing more records, this uh, more music this year. I uh, have an awesome band. And uh, so it's n- unlike any other music I've ever done before. So it's very cool. So stay tuned. Cool stuff coming. Um, so let's get back to these spacey songs. But I think we have a couple comments. We maybe. do. So uh, Jody for Lizzie said, Greeting, greetings, earthlings. Joe Freeman's the one who gave us the movie on Netflix, Don't Look Up. Uh, Michael Gold said, set the controls for the heart of the sun by Pink Floyd. So, of course, he picked a Pink Floyd song. I have a Pink Pink Floyd song, (laughs) but it's not that one, but yeah. Uh, Fran Crasher said, 39. I don't know what that is. Is that a song? It's a song by Queen. Okay. I don't even know that one. And uh, Chris Thunderwolf Dodson is listening. He's also watching the Steelers game. So. Oh, I'm surprised. Right. I went upstairs to get a drink yeah. during our break, and yeah. I thought Stu would be like glued to the TV. Oh, but is he a Steelers fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giant Steelers fan. Anyway. Like, yeah. huh. Guess not. He's not into it. <laughs> He's sad about Big Ben leaving. That's why. Aww. Big Ben. <laughs> is Big Ben retiring or is he? I think retiring. This is probably it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. He's been at that damn football for years. That's a long time, man. A hot yeah. second. Hard on your body wow. and everything, dude. Like, God bless him. I know that's not a popular sentiment in Pittsburgh. No. Because, I mean, raw. Oh my God, Facebook is just like, <laughs> man. You know, this is your hometown team, man. You guys are brutal. Oh yeah, horrible. Fire this guy. Get rid of that guy. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Pittsburgh Steelers fans are the most brutal fans ever <laughs> they really they will are. turn on them in a second mm, truly <laughs> do you remember um speaking of that i sorry guys for those of you that are not local to pittsburgh i'm going we're just going to just talk amongst yourselves for half a second do you remember mark malone kevin oh <laughs> that poor guy right that yeah, poor pe- guy yeah people would just chant go home malone oh like let's mean. go brandon <laughs> Yeah, uh, right? People, when he would lose a game, people would dump garbage on his lawn. Oh, that's yes, not nice. Yes, that is true. Um, my, <laughs> wow. my friend uh, from high school, Steve Guthrie, said that they were members of his church. Oh. And he, Mark didn't attend very much because he was always busy on Sunday. Yeah, right. His I family mean, would like come, that. and they were like, she she said stuff like that. Yeah. They're like, people, wow. they would see them in the grocery store. People would come by, yell at them They're and be shunned. really mean. Yeah. People are so Unshun, mean. Shun. Yeah. I mean, that's like, oh, come on, guys. So, I mean, there's no, there's no excuse for stuff like that. You know, yeah. that's just, come on, calm down. Please. And this was, this was before Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> this was the, you can't play this on It's Facebook. more brutal, actually. Like, it was terrible. <laughs> um, I have. Uh, I'm going to talk about a astro- uh, Since Michael Goltz mentioned uh, Pink Floyd, I'm, I have Astronomy Domini on my list, and this is uh, uh, th- th- this is a really interesting track. Uh, astronomy is the study of celestial bodies. Yeah. And to domineer is to control something in an arrogant way. So astronomy domini means to control space for personal needs. Hmm. Okay, hmm. I guess you could get that out of that. Uh, again, like, I, I, sometimes I don't understand what's written here. Um, they just hand me things and tell me to read them, and I just do what they tell me. Read this. Do what they tell me. <laughs> so let's go, Brandon. Uh, this probably <laughs> represents... Epstein didn't kill himself. This, <laughs> this, prob- this probably represents the space race in the United States of America and the Union of the Soviet Socialist Republic during the Cold War era. So maybe that's what they were talking about. Who knows? Sid was, you know, Sid was Sid. Uh, This is written by Sid Barrett, who was the group's primary songwriter at the time, a founding member of Pink Floyd. His mental health started deteriorating a short time after this was released, and by 72, he was out of the band. Doing gardening instead of leading one of the foremost bands in Britain. That's what he was doing. So he was, he, mm-hmm. he was gardening. 
Uh, Pink Floyd went on to far greater success without him, but the songs he wrote represent some of the more adventurous music of the era and show sparks of the genius many believe he could have become. This is from Piper at the Gates of Dawn. This was Pink Floyd's first album. The title came from a chapter heading in uh, The Wind in the Willows, a children's book written by Kenneth Graham and published in 1908 in the UK. It was a hit, reaching six, number six. Pink Floyd got some attention when they toured here with the Jimi Hendrix Experience uh, in 1967. So most, a lot of this is kind of uh, more about the album um, uh, Piper at the Gates of Dawn. But uh, So that's a just a little bit about Astronomy Domini by Pink Floyd. So Pink Floyd is... They definitely had their. Uh, I mean, we could we could really discuss the entire dark side of the, of the moon album if we really needed to. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like that could be if like we have. Like, we yeah, have. we have. We yes, have done it. No, we have done it. We it's have a done a little different outlook on it, though. So that I mean, that whole album is mm-hmm. is all about the dark side of the moon, which is uh, um, <laughs> it, it was, somebody in one of these songs said, like, "Don't take it literally." Outer space, space flight, all that is—it's it, metaphoric. It, 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 you know, so they're not necessarily literally talking about. I mean, actually going to space. We don't. We don't literally. literally not getting in a rocket, as we, as it were. We, 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 like, we, we don't literally mean it either. No, it's not. We say not love figuratively your all. We just we, love each other. We love, love your brother. Love your brother. Well, we not your love. real brother. That would be. You know, wrong, but it's not actually getting in a spaceship and going up there. On that happy note, we're going to turn it back over to Lily V6. Save oh boy, us. save us! Lily. <laughs> I can't save you. You cannot be saved. That's true. Uh, the next one on my list is the final countdown by Europe. Final oh my countdown. god! From 1986, Europe, you play the final countdown. <laughs> That's what you do. Seriously. <laughs> the lyrics were inspired by David Bowie's Space Oddity, which is also on my list, but it's also a given. Um, originally made to just be a concert opener. It's the first single and title track from the band's third studio album. This song's lyrics is both um, are both apocalyptic and optimistic, describing a trip into space, heading for Venus. Tripping in space, And dude. leaving Earth behind. <laughs> the space tripping, man. <laughs> the music was almost like a soundtrack to a movie about leaving Earth and that the Earth was spent. And one day we'll probably have to leave this place. It was kind of like a dreamlike lyric, but that was the backdrop for it. Huh. And I love it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know that. Even cool. though I know a lot of people are sick of that song. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a, if you, if you Google, I'm not Google, I'm sorry, but if you type in worst bands or worst covers, this one will come up and it's like, it's, it looks like it's Russia and there's like what, maybe two or three kids on stage doing this song. And it's one of those ones where it's so bad it's good. I mean, they're all out of time, but it's just like the more you watch it, the more you like. What? Why do I want to watch this again? But it's just horrible. You can't stop looking at it. I know it's like a train wreck. <laughs> it's a hilariosity. Oh, that's what it is. That's a, a great word. Um. Okay, let's do one. Okay. Since it's since we're talking let's about do the, one. Let's do oh, one. Let's do a number. Oh, dude. <laughs> so. When you put out an album, what do you call it? A if, release? If you're yes, you, you call it the yes album. Oh, oh, that's what you do. If I were yes. <laughs> this, is from, this is from... But I am no. This is from the yes album, 1971, by yes. Oh, yes. No. Yes has come up earlier as when, when we were talking about Rush. We were talking about how they were influenced. The song uh, is Starship Trooper. Oh, yeah. And there's some cool riffage in this. This is a bunch of different... Riffage. Sections in it. But there's a... Uh, uh, Joe Bonamassa used to do a uh, like a classic rock medley um, in his shows. I'm sure he probably still does it, but um, he would play um, Starship Trooper. Uh-huh. Uh, he oh, would play like the cool. main riff. He would do that thing. Um, and uh, so there's some cool riffage in it as well. The entire band contributed to bits of the song, but lead singer John Anderson, bassist Chris Squire, and guitarist Steve Howe got the writing credits. Um, sometimes in that situation, it's the, the, maybe it's best to just attribute the song to the whole band. Like, yeah, the, 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 such a song it. written by Yes, but 
Mm-hmm. They didn't do it that way. Anderson wrote the lyrics for the song and assisted with the theme and overall composition. Squire wrote the music for Delusion and Hal wrote Worm, which is the in- instrumental that ends the piece. Starship Troopers is the title of a 59, a 1959 science fiction novel written by Robert Heinlein. Okay, so this is a tie-in to Starship Troopers, uh, which was the basis for a 1997 film. The book has nothing to do with the song excepting the title, which John Anderson thought was great. When we spoke with Anderson in 2013, he explained, I just like the idea of Starship Trooper being another guardian angel and mother and Mother Earth, whatever that means. Again, these people probably done so many drugs, they can't really put sentences <laughs> together. Uh, or maybe they have a podcast. The third oh, verse yeah. was all about, you know who I am, just to care of my soul. So it was as though I was writing about my search for truth and the search for understanding of what God truly is. Uh, John, I don't get any of that. <laughs> From <laughs> What's song. he talking about? He don't even know. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> He was just oh rambling my on. Uh-huh. It was late one night. He was at the typewriter. <laughs> the town. Uh, a lot of work went into arranging and recording the song using a 16-track tape machine. Producer Eddie Offord would take pieces from various uh, takes to craft the song. Steve Howe's guitar solo was two different takes combined, alternating between the best parts of each. This created an interesting panning effect on the final product. Um... This is uh, called comping uh, in recording speak today. And it is done all the time. Because, Mm -hmm. see, when they did it, which you guys have to understand, when they were talking tape, there was literally a guy with a razor blade blade, would mark it with a magic marker and cut it, and then we cut the other thing and put it together. That's how they did it. How tedious. Very mm-hmm. tedious, and it had to be exact, or you'd fuck <laughs> it all up. Or it would be ruined. Mm-hmm. Yes. You Garbage. Would, yeah, you would really, you could just totally screw up somebody's record. <clears throat> I think that what they, what they would do is they would make a copy yeah. so they had the original, but that was very time-consuming, too. Exactly, yeah. Um. So, listen... Um. So nowadays, though, that is done with the left and right click of the mouse. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all digital. Face, just like you do in Word. <laughs> right. Whenever you type in, just like you do on your cell phone. And that's literally the, all you do. And so much stuff is done. Like a guitar player nowadays, might they just might let it roll. And he might just play that solo 20 times. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, all right, go home. We'll, you know, we'll figure it well, out. Well, you know, go home for tonight. And then when you come in the next day, the solos together. You know, yep. they do stuff yep. like that. <clears throat> it's That's, you know. Um, that v- very very doable. I I think now at, with the um, business the way that it is and everything so tight, there may be more of a return to like get in and play it right the first time. Mm-hmm. But still, like cutting and pasting and everything is just what is done. And uh, so this um, there was p- obviously bits of uh, parts of this were assembled that way. Very interesting, you know. Um, a lot of we, we we did a thing on producers and we talked about Mutt Lang and how he, what he did with the Def Leppard music. Oh, yeah. And everybody really kind of acts like that was so innovative, but you know, th- this is, was was always being done. It was just a, it it just has gotten a lot easier as uh, as the as music has become more uh, digital. So, uh, Lily, do you have anything else? I do. Oh, I do. Good. Oh. What do you got? I have Into the Void by Black Sabbath. Into the Void. <laughs> From the album Master of Reality. Uh, Masturbator of I Reality! I oh, no. Why? Why? Every time. Uh, various artists have covered the song Soundgarden, Monster Magnet, Sleep, Dr. No, Exorder, and so on and so on. It was ranked the 13th best. Best? Beth? Now you're, now you're, best now you're talking like us. Black Sabbath. This is the last track on Master of Reality. It's about the Earth becoming so terrible that a group of astronauts fly off into space to try to find a new planet to live on. Uh, it has often been compared to Sabbath's 70s song, Electric Funeral, in terms of lyrics and sound. And that's all I have on that. Mm. No more Uranus or any of that. Okay. <laughs> so those are songs about outer space. (laughs) And I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. It was an interesting topic. So next week we'll be back with some really cool, awesome topic. Next week is the second week. So we'll have to pick an album. We're going to continue that for a little while anyways. People like that one. People like that. Mm -hmm, So we're going to pick an album next week. Let's go ahead and talk about this day in music. 
we're finishing kind of like, see, we're like on schedule now. That's when wow, we should be see? by 51 <laughs> Look, at that. Look at you being organized. Wow. Organized and <laughs> organized. On this day in 1955, Elvis Presley appeared in Boonesville, Virginia. The 20-year-old singer was still a regional star, but by the end of 56, he had become a national sensation recording two albums, which included Heartbreak Hotel and Blue Suede Shoes. He appeared on national television 11 times, played on over 100 concerts, signed a seven-year contract with Paramount Pictures. So it was a busy period for yeah. uh, Mr. Presley. Cliff Richard. Rich Clifford. Was it number one on the UK singles charts on this day in 63? With The Next Time slash Bachelor Boy. Both songs mm. were taken from the film Summer Holiday. Mm. Oh my God! You guys want to hear something about the Beatles? <laughs> I'm kind of over the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Beatles did some cool shit today. The the, Be the Beatles did cool shit every, every day. day. Yeah, yeah, duh. This is this is how it is. Uh, Carl Wilson, having received in this day in six, 1967, having received a U.S. Army draft notice, uh, Carl Wilson refused to be sworn in, saying he was a conscientious objector. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, on this day in 1969. Appearing live on the Lulu show on UK TV, the Jimi Hendrix Experience were uh, booked to perform two songs, Voodoo Child, which was performed in full, and then Hendrix stopped performing his new single, Hey Joe, after a verse and chorus, and instead launched into a version of the Cream song, Sunshine of Your Love, as a tribute to the band who had split a few days earlier. Mm -hmm. Hendrix wow. then proceeded uh, uh, to continue jamming, running all over the allocated time slot on the live show, <laughs> preventing the show's host, Lulu, from closing the show properly. Ha, 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 rebel. Um, rock and rollers. Yeah, he stopped. He st yeah, that's a famous video you can find it on yeah. YouTube. Mm -hmm. And he was he loved cream. And um, there was a Chaz uh, Chaz Chandler, right? Mm -hmm. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. He was Hendrix's manager. He okay. was in the Animals, I believe. And he uh, he brought he brought Hendrix over to uh, cream like cream was playing a club or something. Mm -hmm. And he brought them over, and he was like, I you know. He was like, I want my friend from America to sit in. And then he clapped and was like, no. No. No, come on, dude. Like, you know, he was like, absolutely fucking not. And um, and he's like, you know, so, so, but because it was Chaz Chandler and they knew he was in the business, so they said, well, well, you know, and they were, he clapped and was floored. They all were. They were just yep. blown mm -hmm. away yep. by him. Um, on this day in 1970, worked working on the Get Back sessions in Studio 2 of EMI Studios, London, three Beatles, Paul, George, and Ringo record 16 takes of the George Harrison song, I, Me, Mine. John Lennon was away in Denmark at the time. A decade later, it became the title of George Harrison's autobiography. Wow. Two weeks of rehearsals for Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon tour began on this day in 1972. Night, this day in 1976, the Bay City Rollers went to number one yeah. on U.S. single charts with Saturday Night. Yeah. I love that song. S -S Saturday Night. <laughs> uh, yeah, giant, giant song, giant song. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm going to see if we have any birthdays today. You know whose birthday is today? Not mine. mine. Your mom's. Your mom's. Your mom. Your mom. Oh, yes. That's wonderful. Yes. So, uh, speaking of the Beatles again. Uh, George Martin was born this day in 1926. Ooh, wow. George Martin, for you kids out there don't know, he was the Beatles producer. Yes. Um, Stephen Stills. Oh. Love the one you're with, right? Mm -hmm. Mary Cash Express, yep. all those great songs. Uh, born this day in 1945. Oh, wow. look at the next one. This <gasps> is a good one, too. This is uh, We're getting the bass player some love today. Yeah, who is uh, it? Happy birthday to John Paul Jones from Led no. Zeppelin. All right. Bassist, keyboards, producer with Led Zeppelin, who had the 1969 U.S. number four singer, Whole Lot of Love. The band's fourth album, released in 71, featuring the rock and roll classic Stairway to Heaven, was sold over 37 million copies. As a session player in the 60s, he worked with the Stones, the Yardbirds, Donovan, Jeff Beck, mm. Lulu, who was mentioned earlier. Um, so, yeah, just played on Everyone. tons of wow. those people. <laughs> I got to see, uh, he also um, is a member of Them Crooked Vultures, who I believe is... Is Dave Grohl part of that? I don't know, mm, to be honest. Um, I mean, Dave Grohl plays with like everybody. Yeah, yeah. Right. He's like, every, he's like your dad. He's everybody. <laughs> 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 uh, 
But, um, yeah, uh, John Paul Jones. Fine. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Dave Grohl. That's what of I thought. Of course, that was Dave. A, that was a Dave Grohl thing, man. So that was uh, this day in music. Wow. Uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. It was a fine day. It was a fine day. So, um, it was a really good day. Well, we'll talk a little more. We're definitely going to go to jail now. I'm going to have to be more specific on the no voices thing. Oh, more specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we didn't do any kind of You didn't space do any space voices. noise. So, yeah, she said we weren't one allowed little, to do any one what, little victory space, there. space nerd stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm not letting, No didn't. space nerds. We didn't. Ginger nine by bunch of space nerds. And there it is. <laughs> Boom goes dynamite. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, that's just crazy. So Snap goes to crackle. <laughs> pop. Crackle goes to pop. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, are you cracking pop again? Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know me. You know, the other night I was laying in bed and the, and the song from my youth mm-hmm. came into my head, Jimmy Cracked Corn. Oh my God, I love that song. <laughs> so I had to, I had, and I had to, I thought it was kind oh, of a yeah. funny idea, cracking corn. Right. Sure. And so I had to look it up. Yes. Can you crack corn? Yeah. And you can actually crack corn. You Googled that, didn't you? No way. <laughs> it's now in my search history. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And now the I did not know you could people in the universe are like, what is he doing? Yes. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you just have to Google some shit and see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Sometimes you get in trouble doing that. Mm. <laughs> nah. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. It is the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. LudiniRockandRollCircus.com. Uh, or lulombardimusic.com. Oh, by the way, um, the song we played earlier, that's nowhere right now except here. Yeah. So so I hope that you had your tape player set up <laughs> to record it. It's got a cassette. So you got a cassette copy of it. I don't mind you guys um, taking it as long as you just play it for as many people as you fucking can. And give credit where credit's yes, due. Yes, let All everybody right. know. Like, spread it around. If you like the song, spread it around. Oh my goodness! So had really a good time. Uh, I think we are off to a good start mm-hmm. for 2022 yeah, for sure. here with this yes. uh, little podcast thing. Looking forward to a fun 2022. Um, let's uh, let's finish up by going around the room. We're not going to say New Year's resolutions, but just say like something you'd like to see go happen or you'd like to do in 2022. Me first? Yeah. Him first? Um, I would like to see more live shows this year. I did get to see more last year, but even more so this year. And um, I do need to let everyone know that the band Magical Mystery Doors is fantastic. Please go see them if they are in your town. It's a mashup of The Doors, Beatles, and Led Zeppelin. You'll, lo- you'll love them. Oh, that's you will kinda love them. cool. That awesome. You will love them. That sounds freaking great. That sounds really that's cool. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, and when is your show again? My show is Thursday, 6 p.m. on Rock Rage Radio. Go to rockrageradio.com or just download the app. Download the app for free. Okay. Uh, Mr. Pittsburgh, you have any kind of thing you like you'd like to see happen or something you'd Yeah, I could be I could be like all lie and say, Oh, world peace or <laughs> end of the pandemic. You know what I would see in two thousand twenty two, Lou? Either a blonde or butterscotch telecaster. Okay. <laughs> All right. For me. No, I think so that, that is a Not great... the poor children of the world. For me. You're being selfish. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I would like to see myself on a stage playing music on a very regular basis. Really want to get back yeah. out there and start playing. And I will I'm be really in the audience. Like, I'm like, I'm <laughs> me so tired of not playing. <laughs> all right, guys. We love y'all. Have a great uh, rest of the week. We'll catch you all on the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. See you.